Today's scripture comes from Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, verses 1 through 14. The Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many living in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered him, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophecy to the bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophecy to the breath, prophecy mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves. O my people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. I will place you on your own soil and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Is it as hard to believe for you as it is for me that Palm Sunday is next week? This has gone fast. I want you to know that on, on Thursday, April 6th, Maundy Thursday, we will be having a service here. It is going to be a, a quiet service. I, I want people to be able to experience that night in a different way, uh, including the choir. They're very tired of looking at the back of my head. So, so tired. And I, I want to invite y'all to be able to participate in a different way in, in this service. Um, that will be at 630 and I might call on y'all for some help, some of y'all for help, but I'm not sure I even want to do that. I, I think I just want to be with God's people in, in a different setting. Um, so please keep that in mind and let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the good news that you share with us today. May it be better than even we expect after hearing your word open for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, y'all know my history a little bit, and you know that I have preached in some rather strange places. 
I have offered sermons in the middle of a forest while sharing Holy Communion off the hood of a Jeep. I sang and I preached to a newborn infant who was about to be resurrected. His parents had been sent home, and while they were gone, he took a turn for the worse. And I happened to be a patient in the hospital at that time, and the nurses had their hands full with six other mothers in labor. And one of those nurses knew that I was a pastor and called my room, asked me to come down, and I held that baby boy and I told him all about the Jesus he was about to meet. I consider it some of the most important preaching I've ever done. COVID has taught me how to preach to an almost empty sanctuary. You know how everybody had cardboard cutouts of people that they were putting, putting in stadiums and chairs? I was this close to getting y'all to take your picture so I could have blow-up pictures of you out of here. Preaching to an almost empty sanctuary is definitely strange and unexpected. Those services were recorded and, and were a very different way for us to worship together. I have preached in National Guard armories, in cemeteries, and in Panama, with monkeys hanging in the trees, watching us humans. The monkeys were so used to us feeding them that they would not only come right up to you, they even rode on the buses with us. It was not unusual to take your seat and have a monkey climb on the bus and come over and sit right next to you. You didn't dare reach out to touch them. But they'd just be sitting there minding their own business like they were on a schedule and had somewhere to be. It was all very strange. It was all very unexpected. But none of it comes at all close to the call God put on Ezekiel. Son of man, can these bones live? Now you can tell that Ezekiel had a relationship with God. This was not a new thing for Ezekiel. He knows better than to say, well, how am I supposed to know that? Instead, he says, you know God. You know the answer. Oh, that was a smart man who knew he was, who he was talking to. You don't doubt God. Son of man, can these bones Live. Prophesy to them. Preach to them. Even the request is strange. Hey, there's a lot of bones on this valley. Hundreds, thousands of bones, thousands of people filling the place. They are white, they are bleached, they are just bones. There's nothing on them. Go ahead and preach to them. You don't see how weird that is? Even that is such a, a, a wild request. But since it comes from God, it's a wild commandment. Prophesy, preach to them. 
And Ezekiel prophesies. And sinew appears between these lifeless bones and muscles and all manner of tissue come together and a valley of death is suddenly turned into a valley teeming with life. We know about those places. The cancer is relentless. The marriage is dead. The job is pointless. The grief is unbearable. The failure cannot be forgotten. The hurt you caused will not go away. Can these dry bones live? This is the blessed hope of Lent. Lent is a a wilderness journey where we find the beauty of God's life-giving spirit. The wilderness has always been a good place to find God. Read scripture. It's almost like God lives in the desert. Everybody who goes out there ends up knocking on God's door. This is the blessed hope of Lent. That as we walk through the wilderness places in our lives, that we will find ourselves knocking on God's front door. It's a sacred hope. It's the amazing grace that we love to sing about. It is the Christian anthem. Amazing grace. And the best Lenten news of all, as we walk through those dead places of our lives, we do not journey alone. As God did with Ezekiel, God walks through the piles of bones with us. Doesn't that make you want to dance? That which was without hope or promise can be brought back to life. You know, this is a place where we need to shout, hear the word of the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar thought it would be over for Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. But God said it wasn't over. Job's wife thought it was over, and she encouraged Job to curse God. But God said, it's not over. Joseph thought it was over when he, his brothers sold him into slavery, when they spoke against him, when lies were told against him, when he was left in jail to rot. But God said, it's not over. Let those verses preach to you. Let these verses prophesy to you. There are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless 
about them when you walk with the Lord. Can that which is dry and dead live again? Our God raises dry, dead bones and turns them into an army. So there it is. That's the sermon I think most pastors would preach on these verses. We're going to change the order of worship, by the way, because do you notice I basically said what Audrey did? Almost exact sermon. So she's going to start following me. (laughs) So she can deal with it. Lynn, you tell her I said that. It's a pretty standard sermon, yes. But isn't it nice to be reminded that our God walks with us in hard places? Isn't it nice to be reminded that our God is powerful enough to raise the very dead to new life, whatever that might be in our lives? Nothing is over until God says so. But, oh yes, there it is, and you know something else is coming, don't you? Where these verses end for Ezekiel is precisely where these verses begin for us. God raised us up out of the valley of death. God has strengthened us and nourished us. God has breathed the wind of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit into us and has made us alive. God has raised up an army, the army of God, and we are in it. You know, some of y'all hearing that, you might think, Oh, come on, didn't you hear us? We're celebrating two birthdays this week. We're getting older. We're aging out. Well, that news that God's preaching right here, not me, God. You know what he's saying? It's not over till I say so. You ever read the word retirement in the Bible? I never have. Did God tell you it's over? Uh Uh-uh. And it's not over till God says so. Our lives begin where these verses end. God has raised up an army. We are in it. It was said of the early church that they turned the world upside down. Now it's our turn to turn the world upside down. We are not just a group of people on our way to heaven. My goodness, the way I hear Christians talk, it's like, I hope to get there one day. Well, until you do, what are you going to do down here? Are you just going to stand around and twiddle your thumbs? Or are you going to be in the army of God? There's more than enough work to do. 
And a lot of it, when you see the look of the faces on the children and the adults, the hope that you bring by doing that work, you understand new life through God. God has raised an army. We are not just a group of people on our way to heaven. Hope you haven't planned a bus trip for that one, have you? You wouldn't have many takers. No, no, we're, we all want to go. We're just not in a hurry to get there. That's what I've heard Christians say. You can take me right now if you've got that bus. We are the army of God. God has raised us up, and we are a, a, an army on the move and on the march. And if you ask Parker, he'll tell you, an army on the move is not always fun. But it can be quite the adventure. We are not here to blend in. We are here to take over. And we've been raised for this battle. God raised us up. And now it is our call to prophesy to those dry and dead places in the world around us. To tell patience, it's not over till God says it's over. To tell married folk, it's not over till God says so. To tell discouraged people, it's not over till God says so. To tell everyone we prayed for this morning, it's not over. God hasn't spoken that word yet. So what are you going to tell that person struggling with addiction? Don't give up. God's not finished. It's not over till God says so. What are you going to tell the weeping people, the hurting people, the desperate and despairing people? When families are crumbling, children and grands walking down harmful paths, what can we say? It's not over till God says it's over. And God is walking through these piles of bones with you. Hopeless? My goodness, not when God is around. No way out? Try telling God that. When we prophesy to the hard, trying places of life, God changes everything. Don't give up. Prophesy. You know why? If you've been listening, you know why. Because it's not over until God says so. Amen.